Publishing Group, making a difference one story at a time. We'll be shining the light on successful founders, entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders that are getting results and making a difference. We'll talk about how they built their businesses, are creating movements, and leveraging the power of authority in their own lives. Be sure to stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Let's get started. everybody. Welcome back to the Power of Authority Spotlight. I cannot wait for you to meet my guest today. Not only is he amazing leadership, uh, I'll say guru, I believe he is, um, but he's an author of a new book that we're going to be talking about. But I cannot wait to introduce you to my friend, Dean Hallett from HallettLeadership.com. Dean, welcome to the show. Thanks, Michelle. Great to see you. Yeah, you too. I'm excited about this. I mean, this has been a conversation a long time coming, right? You and I met, what year was that? 2018 or 2019? Uh, 2019. 2019. And we were both in a, 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 a leadership group, you know, to build our businesses and all that. And you were in the process of, of um, doing all kinds of incredible things in leadership for companies. Um, but you had this idea of writing a book. Um, tell us a little bit about your book and a little bit about what you do as a company. Sure. Uh, the book is called The Missing Piece, and uh, it's how successful companies develop high-performance cultures. And the book is really, to me, uh, a culmination and a, and a foundation for the programs that I do in my company. They're really the, the recipe, I guess, is the best way to say it. Uh, I got started doing what I do when I was with uh, 20th Century Fox. I was in the entertainment industry in a 20th Century Fox I, I had learned a number of different things when I was in my early days because life wasn't as fulfilling as I thought it would be in my early 20s. And so I ended up doing a self-awareness. Back then it was called self-awareness. Now yeah. it would be called emotional intelligence training. And it really took me from sort of going through life a little bit numb, not experiencing everything it had to offer, to having much deeper connections with people, being able to communicate openly, be more authentic with people. And I wasn't using all those words back then necessarily, but it was a whole different feeling where I just felt like life had more meaning and more purpose to it. And so I took those lessons and I started using them in business and I used them to build stronger teams and have people come together. And the book ended up being a culmination of, of all those lessons that I learned along the way from my career from the very beginning all the way through the end. And it, it really talks about, so the programs that I do, I'm jumping around a little bit here, but the programs I do are executive coaching, I do leadership workshops, and I do an accelerated leadership program. The accelerated leadership program is nine months long, and it includes a number of the things that we talk about in this book. The book talks about the program quite a bit. And I was doing a number of those things independently, different exercises, discovery model exercises, where the best way to talk about what those are, are I could sit here and give you a 40-page PowerPoint on how to ride a bike. But until you get on the bike and pedal for yourself, you're not going to really know what it feels like. So we were doing a lot of exercises where people could have an experience of leadership, an experience of those kinds of things giving and receiving feedback, standing up in front of a room and talking about passionately about something that's really deep and meaningful to you, talking about the, the time in your life where you had the most fear and how you overcame it. People experience 
the sharing of those things and experience the personal power that comes with being vulnerable and being open about those things. So we ended up putting that together over time, all the pieces into a program. We said, hey, let's run this for nine months and see how much people get out of it. So nothing individually in the program was new and unique at the time, but putting it all together and having people do it for nine months became a way for them to integrate it into their day-to-day DNA. And so they wouldn't, it's not like a, I do workshops as a, as a reinforcement and as an eye opener, but this program, the nine month program is the one that allows it to really resonate and sink in and become part of what they do all the time. And, and, and so, I love that. That, that is yeah. so, so, so key. You and I share that, that we're both, you know, we, we love personal development, professional development, leadership, all of that. Um, but you do have to be entrenched in it to really see change. You know, it's not a one and done kind of thing. Yeah, you do. I, I, I've done, we've all done weekend workshops, right? And there's great revelations that we might have. And I don't know about you, but I would go back to my office. And as soon as crisis hit, I would go back to my old way of doing things because it, it has worked historically. Therefore, that's what I fall back on when I need to. And then suddenly those great insights, those great ideas I had coming out of the workshop get put on the back burner and I don't do much about them. And the nice thing is when we do this program inside a company, it, it not only builds that into the DNA of everybody day to day in terms of what they do, they it, think about how it, their interactions with each other changes over time. So if you have people from different divisions of a company in this program, you're creating this connective tissue, this synergy, because you're building huge levels of mutual trust and respect over that nine month period. Mm-hmm. So if somebody wants to find out what's really going on and get around the politics, people within that program just reach out to each other and say, hey, let's talk about what's really happening here. And they're pretty open about it in a much deeper way than they were before. Yeah. And a lot of companies don't have that opportunity to cross you know, departments and cross, you know, groups because they're everybody's siloed doing their own thing. So when you bring everybody together, I love that, that part of it. It's not just the one team going through this together. Right. Right. And so the book talks about, it's really, each chapter really is about, has four things in it. The first one is at Fox, we built a digital supply chain. And when I wrote the book, I thought about writing a parable but parables always seem to come together too nice and easy and they live happily ever after. And and real life can be messy. And I wanted people to see how, when things got messy, we dealt with it. So I talk about from beginning to end, what we did with this digital supply chain. And I, and that builds over time over each chapter, each chapter has a little bit about my personal journey. And some of that's personal, personal, and some of that's business personal, but about, how I learned things and developed and, and encountered things and dealt with them along the way. And then there's the actual lesson in each chapter, because the chapters talk about authenticity and being aligned and the, the importance of people and collaboration and all those different things. So it gets into the, the details behind the lesson. And then in each chapter, I share what I refer to as close encounters with leadership just examples of where I have come across leaders that for whatever reason are doing something that really, in my opinion, doesn't work and leaves, um, leaves a wake mm. behind them. And most of those people at the time they're doing it, I believe don't realize the depth of the impact that they're having on people below them. Right. And so I share those stories because it's sort of like, Hey, avoid this. Mm-hmm. Don't, you don't want to do this. 
And then um, it shows the, the, the whole, really, if you look at it, it's the accelerated leadership program in, uh, in a tutorial, like things that people can start doing on their own to start building deeper teams. It actually has different exercises in there that I discussed that people can actually do on their own as well. Definitely. I love your book. I think there's so much, there's so much meat in there. And I know you even have more that, that beyond what's in the book, but for anybody in leadership, I think that it's, it's a great, uh, it's a tool. It's a tool. I have to ask you though. So you were talking about sure. those close encounters with leadership. Uh -huh. uh, give me, not to put you on the spot, but give me some examples. Like what's something that's a leader that you've seen do that has maybe no idea that they're doing and it's, you know, alienating them from their team or, causing wreaking havoc well i can give you i i think they have an idea what they're doing i don't think they have an idea what the impact is okay um so i'll give you an, uh, an example i was working for i I'll, i won't name names i was working for someone high up in a company and what was my boss at the time and i got a phone call about i think six o'clock in the evening he was incredibly upset about the way something had been handled and he just started screaming at me on the phone and went through this whole process. And, and by the way, every time I was trying to explain what was going on, so he had an understanding, at least from my perspective, what was happening, he just got louder. Mm -hmm. And I felt, I don't know if you've ever had that feeling like you're in quicksand and everything you say, you feel like you're, you're sinking deeper and deeper. That's how I felt. And finally, I just realized the best thing for me to do is just close my mouth and take it. I'm not going to get my point of view across in this moment. So I let the call complete, finish. But there was a part of me that said, I really want to circle back and at least have him understand how I was thinking about the issue. And I went to him, I saw, I had an opening about a week later. I was in his office and I said, I want to talk to you about that bad call we have, we had. And he said, what call? I said, you know, the call where you were really unhappy with the way such and such got handled and so forth. And he had this blank stare on his face. And he looked at me and goes, honestly, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, my gosh. And I said, well, clearly it had more, that call had more of an, this literally said, clearly that call had more of an impact on me than it did on you. And I was just going to drop it. He goes, no, 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 tell me, I want to know. And I went on and on explaining more. And finally, he kind of recalled it. But it wasn't that big of a deal to him. He was venting. And I, so I always talk about leaders leave awake. He left awake with me that could have lasted a long time. And I was allowing it to really impact me. And I always tell people, don't take things personally. Much easier said than done. Yes. It's a strategy, not a magic formula to not take it personally. And I had taken that one personally and I let him impact me that way. But the point was, he just wanted to vent. He was still a huge fan of mine. I was still, you know, a, a great contributor and it did not, other than that, what was right around that, it really didn't impact our long-term relationship. So, um, and I know that I've seen that person get upset with other people and I, I've heard how other people can take that personally. So I, I think leaders leave awake, positive or negative, and many of them are not aware of it. That's so true. Wow. That's, that's pretty unbelievable that they wouldn't even remember. But to your point, you know, we do take things personal and kind of hold on to it and, you know, have to let go of some of that. But at the same time, I think every leader should take full responsibility. And well, here's what was really interesting. 
I was doing a, a version of the accelerated leadership program at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was being open with them about what I was going through because I wanted it to be a learning experience for them too. And when I shared with them what I was going through, their jaws dropped. And they said, we thought that when you get to your level, that doesn't happen. Like you're above that and beyond that. We just thought that kind of stuff happens in the trenches. I said, no, it happens all the way through the company. So it was a learning lesson for them. It was a learning lesson also for them when I came back, circled back and said, look, I had taken this personally. And my boss had completely like moved on. So when you're mired and taking something personally, you, you might be the only one still suffering. Yeah. So I'm not saying don't take it personally, but if you're going to take it personally, deal with it personally, and then move on. Learn what you can learn from it, then move on. Yeah. That's great advice. Like you said, though, easier said than done sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We can all fall. We're all human. That's right. So, you know, you've done this for so many different leaders. You've had exposure to, you know, some incredible leaders and, and you've seen, you've seen good, you've seen not so good, but I'm, I want to know what are some success stories? What are some, uh, think of someone that, that just jumps out in your mind that has gone through the program and really you saw a radical shift and, and how it impacted their, their leadership. Well, I'll, I'll share a story that's in the book. That's one of the most impactful ones I've seen because it, 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 and I see versions of it all the time. But we had a leader, we had a leader, it's accelerated leadership program. We had a leader in the program. And in the early parts of the program, she was communicating to people that she was saying to me, look, I understand these people are at a different stage of their life. I'm a single mom. I have more life experience. I can see why such and such is valuable for them, not as much for me. And I made a comment to her and I said, be careful because you're separating yourself from the group and how you're communicating. You're basically saying they need this, but you don't. Mm. And at least that's what I'm hearing. And she kind of brushed me off a little bit and said, yeah, okay, I'm not too concerned about that. And we got four or five months into the program and we did an exercise and the exercise is an opportunity to provide feedback to each other in terms of how, how much of a contributor people are in the program. And she got very negative responses. And she was shocked and actually had a really hard time dealing with it. She's a super high performer and she didn't understand what was going on, how this, how she possibly could be viewed this way. And it took a little bit of time, but she got back on track, at least to the point of being able to sit with the group and have a conversation. And she said, she was talking about the experience. And I said to her in front of the group, I said, I would hire you in a heartbeat. And she said, that's what pisses me off. She goes, so many people tell me that, yet I'm the one here that people were basically willing to vote off the island. Yeah. So how, how did that happen? I said, well, you want some feedback? I had everybody in the room. I said, who wants to give her some feedback? Some hands went up. I said, great. If you voted her off the island, give her some feedback. And when they told her essentially what I had said about feeling that she was a little bit aloof, disconnected, a little superior in her style and so forth, she was livid, but not because of the feedback, but her response was, why on earth would you wait five months? And the program was five months in. Why would you wait five months to tell me that? I could have been working on that all this time. Wow. And so... I believe feedback is a gift. People always feel like they don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. It is so powerful to provide feedback. Two weeks later, her boss came to me and said, 
I don't know what you did with her, but she's a whole different personnel. She is amazing because she proactively decided I'm going to reach out. I'm going to connect with people. I'm going to be a team player and completely changed how people see her. And, and I have lots of little stories about people like that. That's the one that became the most impactful, probably sometimes breakthrough breakdown leads to breakthrough. Mm. Her breakdown was big. So her breakthrough was big. Uh, It doesn't always have to be hard is I guess the message I'm saying hers was, and therefore it was even that much more significant for her, but there's lots of wins where people don't go through catharsis or anything like that. (laughs) What I'm hearing too, is that the the power of the, the just being authentic and real and at whatever level is providing feedback, there's a way to do it. And I know you, you teach and talk about that in the book about, you know, the right way to give feedback and so that you support everyone to be their best. But, um, but that's the key is feedback. And I think, you know, I I was in corporate America for many, many years, and there were many leaders that I had that I did not feel I was able to give feedback. Um, And and so I, but again, everything starts from the top down and, and how you are leading is setting the tone for everything. And, you know, I love what you say about leaving awake. (laughs) Yeah. People don't leave jobs. They leave bosses typically. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the nine month aspect, going back to that, with this, with a group like that, a cohort like that, you're building such a deep level of mutual trust and respect and practicing these exercises so that you get more and more comfortable with it so that you have multiple experiences of it. So when you're going to somebody that hasn't done the program, you understand the value of exercises like that. And it may feel risky, but you also know what the benefit is on the other side. If you give someone feedback and, and, Look, we talk about feedback. You can give feedback in an incredibly respectful way. Yes. You can certainly ask permission to give feedback. So it's not like you're just walking down the hall and just telling everybody what's on your mind about them. Um, there's a, there is, as you pointed out, a, a positive way to do it. And uh, we spend a lot of time on that. It's one of the hardest things we do is getting people comfortable giving and receiving feedback. So important. I love, love that. So let's talk about Hallett Leadership, specifically your company. Um, this, the, the show is called The Power of Authority. And I know with this book, you are, you, you are building your authority platform. You already had it, but now it's just bringing another level of it. What are some of the things, initiatives that are on the horizon for, for your company? Well, primarily what we're doing right now is, is the nine-month program in companies uh, going into them because we did a number of them inside of Fox when I was there. And now with the repackaged version that we're doing, it also repackaged for the virtual world. Uh, in on the one hand, because of of COVID, but on the other hand, because I'm actually been working with a company that is essentially a virtual company. They really don't have a headquarters; they're all over the place. So we get together periodically in person, but that's only every three months or so. And in the meantime, we're doing weekly or biweekly sessions on calls just like this with everybody in, uh, on the call and doing exercises. But the, the, the initiatives are really about, I'll, I'll tell you the ideal scenario. The ideal scenario is for me to connect with CEOs. This company that I work with, I actually connected with him. He reached out to me through word of mouth and asked me to coach him. He had never been a CEO, so I coached him to prepare for that. Wow. And he said, when he gets the gig, He's taking me with him. And he did. He brought me to the company that he went to and we did our program. And essentially for an orientation, we did the workshop to give everybody an eye opener as to here's what we're going to be doing for the next nine months. 
And so it went from coaching to a workshop to a nine-month program. And that is a great scenario because you're you're starting with one, then going to many to get the foundation, and then really going down a path where people understand what the program's all about. And my vision is to, my vision is actually to help people learn the lessons that I learned over the years, but to learn them much faster. Mm-hmm. And when we do the nine-month program, you have people really becoming ingrained with those lessons and and doing it in a much faster way than me and spreading, you know, you teach these people in a cohort how to lead. Mm-hmm. They naturally start leading their teams that way. And so it has an exponential effect. So what's up for Hallett Leadership is to do as many of these programs as we can. Mm-hmm. And it really does start with the relationship with the CEO, because when the CEO is on board, you move so much faster because you don't have uh, a resist. You have, you have challenging questions coming from the CEO, but you don't have a CEO challenging the value of bringing leadership into the organization. Right. And it has to start there because, and and everyone's heard that it starts at the top, but if it doesn't, that's where you have that story you were talking about, the disconnect that, that, and that breeds uh, mistrust and and all of the other things that that can collapse. I I love doing the program in middle management because um, they are learning these lessons for the first time. Nobody's really shown them how to lead. And they don't have a history of promotion after promotion after promotion where they they believe that what they've been doing has gotten them there. So they're less willing to give it up. They're like sponges. And I love teaching them, but they, they, they point upward and go, well, yeah, but what about these people up here above us? They don't get it. What do we do about that? So I like working with a senior leadership team and then doing some programs further down in the organization. What was interesting, I was... Um, I was on a call with somebody the other day and they pointed out a stat to me that I wasn't aware of. Average age of a person that starts leading a team of, I forget what the number was, eight more, eight or more, nine or more, whatever it is, uh, is 32 years old. Average age of someone receiving their first leadership training, 41. What? So a decade of leadership before anybody is showing you the right way to lead. Which, I mean, there's so many examples out there that you can see where people have bad cultures, the leadership principles aren't in place. People are just, you know, they're strong individual performers. Just say, great, you know, let's restructure a little bit. You're a, here's your new title and here's your team. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Sink or swim, right? There's just too many examples of that. Wow. Wow. I mean, you're, I, that shocks me, that, that statistic, but it, it doesn't surprise me either after, you know, being in some companies to, it, it's um, it's why this is so needed. It's it's that it's the missing piece. <laughs> no pun well, there. <laughs> and I think in today's world, you know, I'm not saying it was good leadership before, but there were ways to get things done at a high level as an individual performer when things were when disruption was happening at a much slower pace. But in today's world, I, I don't know anyone that can't that can do it on their own that that, that can do it without a high performing team underneath them. Mm-hmm. So it's the it's perfectly the right time for people to realize that, embrace the concept and build the best team they can, show them how to lead and not be threatened by their contribution, but realize that their contribution is going to make the entire team better. Absolutely. I love that. So how can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more or if they want to buy your book? Uh, well, the website's howitleadership.com and I am DCH at howitleadership.com. And just give me a shout.
Dean, you are so awesome. Thank you so, so much. Um, one last question to send us off. If you could give advice to anyone, uh, any leader who is starting a, their own business or um, somebody's looking to build their authority, what would that be? I think I would say that realize that vulnerability is a strength and not a weakness. Uh, when I have shared with people and been open about what, I, what I'm not sure about, what I don't know, and I'm looking for input, it does so many different things. It shows them that I'm approachable. It allows them to come forward and, and be empowered and speak about what they know. It allows the introverts to speak up and gives them a space to talk about their ideas. And a lot of things start happening. My vulnerability allows the team to really come together. It mm -hmm. starts with me. If I'm asking everybody else to be vulnerable and I'm not, it's not going to happen. And when I do it, it's really powerful. Awesome. Great advice, Dean. Thank you so much. Again, go to hallettleadership.com, get in touch with Dean and, um, and definitely buy his book, The Missing Piece. And, so and Michelle, before you sign off, I just have to say thank you for everything. Um, I, I was not, I never viewed myself as an author and this never would have happened without you and your team. And um, I am incredibly grateful for everything, for being able to put this together and, and have it out there and share it with the world. Oh, thank you, Dean. It's my honor, honestly. And yes, you you had all this in you all along. <laughs> I just had to pull it out a little bit, but you, you did the hard work. So well, I appreciate it. Thanks. Thank all right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next time on the Power of Authority Spotlight. Thanks so much for listening to the Power of Authority Spotlight. If you're a successful founder, entrepreneur, business owner, or leader that's getting results and making a difference, and you'd like to be on this program, please visit us at go.michelleprince.com forward slash podcast dash guest to apply. That's go.michelleprince.com forward slash podcast dash guest. Also, if you got something out of this interview, please share this episode. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag, the power of authority spotlight. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content, so make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, michelleprince.com or performancepublishinggroup.com or find me on social media. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.